This is the Back Brothers Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Michael. Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz. From sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful, this is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm your co-host, David, and with me as always is my brother, Michael. Yes, hello everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a while. I don't know why I'm saying it's been a while, because who even knows? Maybe you just started and you're, this is, you just didn't have to wait at all. That's the great thing about podcasts, but I know it's been a while, so... I guess I'm sorry, but I don't know. Lots of excuses, busy, blah, blah, blah. Now we have nothing to do, so we can do as many as easy as we want. Why do we have nothing to do? Because uh, COVID-19 and that whole uh, drama and fear and pandemic. Yeah, so everyone stay inside and don't talk to people or play sports or <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Listen to us because you have nothing else better to do. Very sage advice. All right, this episode is brought to you by Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken of Sanford, Florida. Yes, this, what, what, maybe not a hidden gem, but I didn't know it was there until several hours ago today. Yeah, we were just driving along trying to uh, not go stir crazy and restore our sanity. And I was driving in through Sanford and I said, Lee's Chicken, or just Lee's, in fact. And I wasn't talking about, like, the jeans brand Leaves. I was talking about <laughs> Leaves Chicken. Right, yeah. This is, I mean, for those of you who may not know that Leaves Chicken exists, it's a, a very good uh, fried chicken joint. And uh, it, it's kind of like you would expect a Kentucky Fried Chicken or a Popeye's to be, but I don't know how else to describe it. They have very good... Uh, chicken, everything is good on the menu. The sides are good. They got good sweet tea. Some people like the gizzards. I don't know why you would like that, but some people do, and that's an option, I guess. But, you know what? If you get yourself a chicken strip meal, some mashed potatoes and gravy, some green beans, some ranch to dip it in, and a glass of sweet tea to wash it all down, I really don't know what else you need in your life. Yeah, kind of made my day more than food should make your day. Sorry about that. Just how it happened today. Well, you know, we like snacks and fruit anyway, so I guess it's not too big of a surprise, but there you go. That's that's your sponsor. Uh, go check them out. Or if you're closer, maybe there's a lease in, in your neighborhood. Just check it out. I thought they were only in the north. I didn't know they were down here in Florida. I've lived here off and on for four years, and the, somehow it eluded me. I don't know how. It's one of those things It's like, I think I'll look for a White Castle down here. No, wait a minute. I'm not going to waste my time. They don't have White Castle down here. They have Crystal, which is similar, but not. And so I just assumed that Lee's, well, it's not a national chain, right? It's more like, okay, maybe you'll see some in Indiana and Ohio, but that's about it. Well, nope. I guess there's at least one in Sanford, Florida. Haven't done enough research to see if there's more, but I don't really care because, hey, there's one right there. That's great. That's right. Well, uh, we've been going through now to get, I guess, the topic of the show, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, Michael, first? No, no, we can get right into the topic, the main thrust of the show today. We've been kind of going off and on on these uh, public service announcements. Some were featured mostly on Saturday morning, and some kind of branched out. This one's slightly branching out as well. We're going to talk about crash dummies and crash test dummies in particular. 
Well, see, I, I would have never just said crash dummies. I would have thought crash test dummies. Yeah, and crash test dummies is really what they are. So what is a crash test dummy? Well, if you want the official definition, it's a full-scale anthropomorphic test device, or an ATD, and they're called in the neighborhood. An ATD, all right, that's something. So they simulate the dimensions, weight proportions, and articulation of the human body during a traffic collision. Dummies are used by researchers, automobile, and aircraft manufacturers to predict the injuries a person might sustain in a crash. Modern dummies are usually instrumented to record data such as the velocity of impact, crushing force, bending, folding, or torque of the body in deceleration rates during a collision. Some dummies cost over $400,000. That's a very expensive dummy. Yes, a very expensive dummy. Uh, but what did they do before they had crash test dummies? Maybe that's what you've wondered all your life. Because they didn't have crash test dummies always. Yeah, I kind of, you know, it's kind of weird that they, I guess, federal guidelines or regulations have to uh, mandate that these car manufacturers uh, simulate the safety of their vehicle through crashes like that. But yeah, I don't know what they would have done before. Maybe just guessed. I don't know. Oh, no, no, you can't guess. Prior to the development of crash test dummies, automobile companies used human cadavers. Oh, my gosh. No. Animals. Aw. And live volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would volunteer to be in a car crash, but I guess, you know, if you get desperate and you really need a job, I guess I really don't know how well it pays. Everybody needs a hobby, I guess. Um, yeah, cadavers were used to modify different parts of the car, such as the seat belt, and that type of testing can provide more realistic test results, actually, than a dummy. But it raises ethical dilemmas, because human cadavers cannot consent to research studies, at least, you know, after they're dead. You know, maybe somebody could put in their will, please use my body as a crash test dummy. This is my long, you know, lifelong ambition. I was too scared to do it while I was alive, but by goodness... Now that I'm dead, strap me in and shove me right off the cliff. <laughs> That's right. And animal testing is not really prevalent today anymore. But in the 80s, the National Highway Tra Traffic Safety Administration, which is a division of the Department of Transportation, launched a series of public service announcements, or PSAs, in magazines and on televisions featuring two talking crash test dummies. I remember these. I remember... You know, it's probably you're going to talk about this, how it kind of took on a life of its own, but it's really strange. I do remember these commercials, and they kind of had a, maybe a little bit of a creep factor. I, I was easily scared as a kid, so maybe it was just me. Oh, they, they could have been much creepier. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, too. Uh, but this PSA kind of broke the mold because it did have a humorous approach to a serious problem because thousands of Americans were dying each year in auto accidents because they didn't buckle up. Here's a quick question for you. Research showed... Not many people were buckling up in the mid-80s. What percentage of people were regularly using their seatbelts in the mid-80s before these commercials started airing? I'm going to say 50%. You're a little off. 14%. Oh, that's it? Come on. Buckle up, people. 
Sorry, only one in seven was actually buckling up. But then again, you have to think when you were a kid, did you buckle up or did you just like lay on the floor? <laughs> yeah, I just laid in the floorboard or just kind of leaned out the window or up in the little space between the back window where the trunk was and my seat. So, yeah, good point. I wasn't buckled up. Yeah, this people, I don't know, were just stupid back then or didn't care. You know, we didn't have commercials to tell us what to do. But, um, yeah, I don't remember having car seats. I don't think they're going to get in the car seats here, but still, I don't remember. You know, safety's changed. It's improved, I guess. But, yeah, the, you, so you got thousands of people dying every year because they're not buckled up. And so they went to the Ad Council in 1985 to address the issue, and they turned to the Leo Burnett Ad Agency for a way to reach consumers. And you had Jim Ferguson and Joel Matchick who were working there in the Leo Burnett office. So they came up with the idea of dummies who came to life, and they came up with a tagline. Do you remember the tagline for the PSA? Something about saving a life? I can't remember. No, no. It's, you can learn a lot from a dummy. Oh, yeah, you can learn a lot from a dummy. I remember that now. Yep, that was it. You can learn a lot from a dummy. Now, originally, and this was before it started, it wasn't supposed to be funny. Well, that, that kind of makes sense. I don't see, I mean, I know you talked about it breaking the mold of the humorous, but it, I could see that being a little bit off-putting and, and, you know, insensitive. So this is how the commercial was first pitched. It was originally supposed to be these dummies who were hiding, and they were being dragged into the cars unwillingly because they knew what was going to happen, because they would go through a windshield, they would lose an arm or a leg... Okay, I can see how that would be. I can see where they're going there. Like, look, these dummies, even they're smart enough to know that they don't want to be in a car accident or, or something. I don't know. Right. You know, and I can see it in my head. You know, they're hiding and they're dragging them out and strapping them in and putting them in car crashes. It does sound like a pretty terrible life. That does sound scarier than how they ended up. So you got a point. But uh, Magic. Uh, just suggested a different, lighthearted approach. He said nobody had tried to do anything funny with stuff like this. Because when you think of PSAs, they're usually shocking and gory. And so he thought, you know what? What if we have these guys love their job? Yeah, okay. That might be a better way to go. And the campaign wasn't orthodox, but it was an immediate hit. In 1985, won the Advertising Industries prestigious Addy Award. Got a Award the bronze line at the Cannes Film Festival for the, for the advertisement. Uh, got two Clio Awards in 1986 and 1987. So this is quite a success. Well done, gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Uh, they did a really good job. So uh, maybe you think, well, let's hear one of these commercials just to kind of refresh myself of what's going on. So let me see if I can pull one up. All right, that would be great. Safety belt test at nine. Hurry. Not another windshield taste test. Count me out. What? The old pro backing down from a motorhome? Nothing like that. I'm just tired of trying to convince people to wear safety belts. No one's listening. Safety belt saved Barbara Mandrell. You're right. Someone listen. Let's hit the road. You hungry, partner? Uh, let's do some donuts on the way in. Good idea. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. <laughs> they saved Barbara Mandrell? I think that she was in an accident and she was buckled up, so they somehow got the rights to mention that. Okay, that was just kind of, that came out of left field. I wasn't expecting that. And they're playing, you know, her hits. I think it was single sleeping in a double bed. That's right. 
<laughs> yeah, Jeff. So you, you heard them there. Do you remember their names? Larry. That's one of them. And I can't remember the name of Chuck. <laughs> I can't remember the name. It's Vince and Larry. Vince. Vince and Larry. I tell you, one of the, the voices sounded very familiar to me. Well, we're going to go into that. One of the voices is Jack Burns. He was an actor, comedian, voice worker. And during the first half of the 1965-1966 season of The Andy Griffith Show, in an attempt to replace Don Knotts as Barney Fife character because he left the show for that year, that he was cast as Warren Ferguson, who was a dedicated but inept deputy sheriff. And as you can imagine, his character was not popular and was dropped after only 11 episodes. Yeah, I, I caught my fair share of reruns of that show when my parents are watching it, and I don't ever remember seeing those episodes. Maybe they don't even play them. They're so unpopular. I don't know. But that's not the voice I was talking about that sounded familiar. No, I bet you can guess who the other voice was. It was Garfield. <laughs> it was Lorenzo Music. Uh, he was voiced several things. Yes, most famously Garfield. And during the 80s, he did many commercials for primetime TV, and he was Larry the Crash Test Dummy. And he also did, for us Florida people, they were trying to not only sell Florida orange juice, he did commercials for Florida grapefruit juice because then it was trying to extol the virtues of the uh, other, or other juice of Florida, the grapefruit juice. Seems like I do remember commercials for Florida grapefruit juice, but I do not remember Lorenzo Music doing the voice. I just remember him being Garfield and maybe one of the gummy bears. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, he, he did a lot. He was, yeah, I think, Tummy Gummy. But one, one thing he would also do, I was just looking up Lorenzo Music uh, on doing some research for this, and this cracked me up. He was big into charity, and what he would do is he would volunteer his time on a suicide hotline. So like, oh, don't jump. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's talked about it one time. He's saying, you know, you got a person on the phone saying, I'm bankrupt. My wife ran off with another man. And, hey, you sound like that cat on TV. <laughs> so, uh, so that was uh, the two characters, Vince and Larry. They modeled safety belt practices and talked about saving Barbara Mandrell, and they had slapstick antics, with, and they had the slogan, you could learn a lot from a dummy. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. That sounds so familiar now. That's definitely something that I, de I do remember now. All right, let's hear, let's hear another one. We are the dummies, crashing our crew, busting our heads just for you. My name is Vince. I don't know if you're going to get into this, but those probably aren't the people who are doing the voices that are also doing the motions and stuff like that because they are getting down and boogieing in that commercial there. Yeah, and I couldn't really find any information on like who was actually playing the dummies. Probably just some extras. I guess I can do a little research and see if I can find that out. If I do find it out, I'll put it on the um, Pack Brothers podcast page. <gasps> Maybe they're real dummies. Maybe it's not actors at all. That's right. They came to life, and they somehow filmed them. I'm going with that. Kind of like a takeoff of Mannequin or something. Some <laughs> Egyptian curse that brought these dummies back to life. I don't know. 
but their popularity even led to, and I don't know if you remember this or not, an action figure line. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know, I thought, wow, you know, I don't, it's kind of weird that these commercials actually got so popular, kids thought, I want to play with these <laughs> life-saving dummies. Now, that's right, but in the early 90s, Tyco Toys created a line of action figures called the Incredible Crash Dummies. That's why this one's called Crash Dummies, because they didn't have testing. They were just the Incredible Crash Dummies. Okay, so they, they retired from their testing days. Also noticed in the, in the commercial, they, they, they don't say seatbelt. They say safety belt, I guess, to emphasize the concept of safety. Or maybe they're just called safety belts, and we just say seatbelt, and we're wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's kind of some back and forth about that as well. But yeah, those, those toys were based on the characters from the television advertisements, and they were intended to fall apart at the touch of a button. Like, if you press their abdomen, then their arms and legs would fall off, and they had little vehicles that you could put them in, and you could crash them into walls, and then they were broken. And the dummies, they could easily go back together in the vehicles as well. I mean, that's kind of a genius concept, because... I've watched enough little kids to play, especially little boys, and they love to crash cars. They love to tear the arms off their figures, or at least some of them do. So that's kind of a good idea. That, that it's, these, these toys were made to fall apart, not in a bad way, but in a good way. You can crash them and then put them back together again. Exactly. And they were so popular also, it prompted a one-hour television special called The Adventures of the Incredible Crash Dummies. And it was unique for its time. This was the 90s, but it was produced entirely using 3D computer animation. Oh, wow. So this is, are we to talk about stuff like Reboot or uh, other cartoons like that? Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the original line was, like I said, vo voiced by, you know, uh, Vince and Larry, the uh, Jim and Lorenzo Music, and there were these spokes dummies, they were also called. Okay, that's a cool term. I'm a spokes dummy. And when Tyco Toys got them, they, the way they used it was they had these suits with you know, these characteristic solid colors and caution checkered stripes. If you've never seen the dummies, that's what they look like. The first generation of the toys was called Vince and Larry, the Crash Dummies. And each toy had a little biography card and characteristics and had the slogan, you can learn a lot from a dummy, dummy, buckle your safety belt. And then it changed to, don't be a dummy, buckle your safety belt. And then they also put out the little tagline at the end, and leave the crashing to us. They, they kind of changed some of the commercials based on that as well. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I could see why you'd want to keep it fresh. I, I was wondering, I don't know if you'll get into this or not, were there any other dummies besides those two? Or is this something like they kept it just between Vince and Larry? Uh, well, you know what? It did, but <laughs> it's kind of ironic. They had to part ways with the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Why is that? Well, <laughs> um, three major networks banned the PSA commercials on the airwaves. Oh, my goodness. Was it, just like, was it having the opposite effect that they wanted, or what was the problem? They were afraid of promoting the toys. Oh, so they thought, uh-oh, they've been a victim of their own success. And now this safety announcement looks like it's a toy commercial. Yep. So they stopped doing the commercials, and they just switched to selling the toys. Oh, duh. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid. I mean, I wonder if this made a difference. I hope it did, you know, but at least with kids. No, I want to buckle my seatbelt because Vincent Larry told me to. 
Yeah, the second series of the toys, they were no longer called Vince and Larry. They were called Slick and Spin. <laughs> what? That, those are much worse names. It sounds like low-budget Transformers. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, they also, there was a comic book series. There was a video game for the Super Nintendo and Game Boy as well. Wow. So, they, man, this was wildly successful. I mean, they really made a lot of money on this. But after all was said and done, they were retired in 1999. The Department of Transportation revived the campaign, but it was the single most effective protection against death and serious injury. Uh, the, the safety belt. Since they were introduced to the American public in 1985, safety belt usage increased from 14% to 79%. Wow, thank you, the guys. You, you saved a lot of lives. Th they did. Um, they were actually very effective in what they were trying to do. I mean, the people behind that have to be thrilled with those results. Saved an estimated 85,000 lives and $3.2 billion in cost to society. Well, not bad for a couple of dummies. <laughs> and in 2010, uh, the Vince and Larry costumes officially became part of the National Museum of American History collectibles, along with seatbelts, real crash test dummies, alcohol detection devices, and other objects that illustrate the evolution of automobile safety. So um, maybe you'll see it in the Smithsonian sometime if they do an exhibit on it. Yeah, I'm not sure that's totally necessary, but I guess good for them that they got to the Smithsonian. I'm starting to think maybe they'll just take anything because that seems, I don't know. Is that really necessary? Maybe not. I don't know. Is anything really necessary that's pop culture related like that? I guess they figured they spent a lot of money on it. They were effective at seatbelts, and so they needed some way to memorialize it. I don't know. I guess that's fair. It was like the 25th anniversary of the crash test dummy, so they threw it in. So, yeah, I mean, I wonder what the crash test dummies of the music group thought about all that. You know, is this confusing to them, or is it like, oh, no, they're messing up our search results, or the probably the internet wasn't really big back then, so they didn't care. Yeah, that was one of the things I came across when I was doing research for this. If you type crash test dummies, you're not going to get Vince and Larry. You're going to get, you know, afternoons and coffee spoons. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but that, that's it. That's the um, Crash Test Dummies PSA. Well, very interesting. Thank you for that uh, fascinating topic. You're fascinating to me anyway. What else What else we going to talk about? Uh, well, we always talk about food. <laughs> no matter what's going on, there's always food news. Yeah, well, we just talked about Lee's Chicken. What else is there to talk about? I mean, that's clearly the headline of the day. That's above the fold, you know, 50-point font. Look at this. Well, there's the uh, Triple Lupa. What is a tripalupa? Well, it's uh, it's a chalupa, but they're actually three mini chalupas stuck together end to end and filled with seasoned ground beef, shredded lettuce, diced tomato, and shredded three cheese blend. But there's a different flavor for each. The first one on one end is nacho cheese, and the other end is creamy chipotle, and the one in the middle gets a combination, so it's cheesy chipotle. Okay, that's kind of a cool idea. I'm glad you said there were many chalupas because I'm trying to think of trying to eat three chalupas in one sitting, and I'm thinking that would not be, the results would not be good. No, this is actually, you know, <laughs> there's a picture here, and they have like a, a quarter next to it, so you can see kind of for scale how big they are. So they're not really big. They're almost like even tinier than a taco. Yeah, that's actually kind of cute, it's just how tiny it is. I didn't know it was going to be, you know, it's like a lady finger of Mexican goodness. That's kind of 
Well, maybe bigger than that. But still, it's it's not as big as you think it is. So maybe that's good. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I haven't tried it, but I'm sure I will. Maybe as soon as tomorrow. Who knows? But um, it's, it's on my to-do list. So if you go to Taco Bell and if you're looking for something new, give it a shot. I, I will do that. Thank you. So uh, also out there, uh, talking about sweets, if you like Kit Kats, if, give me a break. Uh, there's a birthday cake, Kit Kat, that's been spotted. And uh, I don't know if you're not a big chocolate fan or if you do like birthday cake. I'm one of those people who do. I like the uh, cake batter ice cream from Cold Stone. I like the uh, the white chocolate kind of flavor. So this seems very intriguing. Uh, so keep an eye out for those at Walmart or wherever you buy your snacks. Looks uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's a, uh, the crisp wafers, and they've got birthday cake-flavored white cream with sprinkles actually embedded in it. So it looks kind of like white with sprinkles in it. And then inside is just, you know, pretty much regular Kit Kat stuff. So um, that's definitely worth checking out. And Walmart, great value brand. They always come out with knockoffs. They're <laughs> like uh, Girl Scout cookie knockoffs are legendary. You don't have to wait each year for Thin Mints. You can just buy those, and they're pretty much the same. But they've got a few new ice cream flavors that are interesting. One is circus cookie ice cream, and they're kind of based on the circus animal crackers, those kind of, you know, cookies with this white and pink frosting. Yeah, another shout-out to Coldstone. They've got a uh, same thing going on. They've got a frosted animal cracker uh, ice cream going out there. So I don't know which who copied who, but interesting that they're both out there. And on the odd side, they've got... Mango habanero coconut sorbet, which is mango habanero sorbet swirling coconut ice cream. It even has a heat meter on it saying that it's medium heat. Yeah, I don't know if I want hot ice cream. That just doesn't sound like it's going to be a very pleasant mouthfeel experience. That doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, it seems like I've had before. It's kind of like a hot ice cream because I think of like a cinnamon and... You do get some of that heat, but actual like hot, hot, like chili, chipotle type hot, it just does not sound appetizing or appealing or good in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's not for me. Uh, there's other snacks out there that you can look for. I know there's a lot. You always, people sleep on Peeps, marshmallows, but they're always coming out with something new with them, especially seasonal uh, flavors. I know, I think out there running around right now, there's a pancakes and syrup flavor one. And uh, there's a chocolate-dipped one they put out for uh, Valentine's Day that's probably long gone now. But uh, there's a lot of interesting ones, even a, a caramel-filled one that was not too bad recently. Yeah, I think that was, it might be a Target exclusive. Target or Walmart, they each have their own exclusive. So you got to go down the seasonal aisles. you got to check out the end caps. you got to, you know, scan the candy aisle when you go through. And you're looking for that, usually in red with white letters saying new. And that kind of lets you know. This is a snack that I need to try. If it says limited on there, you definitely want to pick it up because you might not see it again. Yeah, we probably could do a whole episode on how to look for new snacks. And you know, also how to be careful because there will be folks like Lay's Potato Chips who will sneak back flavors that have been in the past. And you'll think you haven't tried it, but you really have. Like I think Fried Green Tomatoes is back. And uh, they've got it tagged in with another property, but it's not new. It's just returning. It's probably limited, but it doesn't mean it's new. Two different things. I'm overthinking this because I like snacks too much, but that's just me sharing my wisdom with you. That's right. You're welcome. Same thing with, I think, they got a grilled cheese and tomato soup type. 
chip as well. And it's not new. It's good, but they had it a few years ago, one of the Taste of America, so the sword of the wife. Yeah, I think they, that taco chip might be back too. And it's good, but it's not new. But it's good. All right. Is there any, anything else? Am I forgetting something? I don't think so. I'm not going to throw in the usual, you know, warnings about staying safe and all that. I just kind of did, but ironically, so that's all I'm going to do. All right, well, crypto scratching out the door, so it's time to go. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to help us out, subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star review, uh, check out the website. It's up and running. It's P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S podcast.com. If you want to send us an email, packbrospodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at, on Twitter at packbrospodcast or like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash packbrospodcast. Now, I don't know if Crypto's scratching at the door because he has to go out or if he's scared because earlier you had talked about animals being used in these crash tests and maybe he thinks he's next now that he's heard that Vince and Larry are no longer on the job he might be uh, pressed into service so I'll have to explain to him that that was a long time ago he doesn't have to worry about that anymore so it's okay crypto yeah you're safe for now anyway oh no he's he's a safe boy all right well uh, thanks for listening and we'll uh, hopefully not be another four months or whatever Yep, we'll try to do these uh, more often, at least until we don't. So thanks anyway. All right. Thanks. Bye. I'll take the legs from some old table. I'll take the arms from some old chair. I'll take the neck from some old bottle. And from a horse, I'll take the head. I'll take the hands and face from off the clock And baby, when I'm through I'll get more loving from the dumb, dumb dummy Than I ever got from you